Welcome to The Fully Lived Life, a podcast for those who are longing to pursue the full life and want to break free from anything that holds them back. Listen in as two friends, a psychologist, Dr. Mary, and a life coach, Jillian, talk about life, love, and purpose through the lens of faith, science, psychology, and life experiences. Well, hello, Mary. Well, hello, Jillian. Look at us in this new environment. I know. We're like fancy pants. Well, you know, the fact that we have major, many venues to choose from. We have, you know, we have just so many venues to choose from. And it's just because life throws curves at us. That's right. And we have to adapt. We have to pivot. We do. Pivoting. We are really good at pivoting. Well, kind of, maybe. We are. Yeah. Other than... Every time we read these chapters from this book, Never Go Back by Henry Cloud. No. We, we, you know, we have a private, we have a private conversation where we're going back and forth and... You should see, see the things we say about these there's, chapters. There's some harsh words that we say. There are, there are words. There are words. And they're not pleasant. No, because... These are ouchy chapters. But you know what? We love you so much. We're willing to endure for you. Well, this is our lab rat status. Like, we're testing out all the material. This is Jillian and Mary approved, not only because we are working through it and we have not arrived, but because it continues to challenge us. Yes. And the truth is, when we picked up the book, we only looked at the first few chapters. Well, I didn't read ahead. No. We got, you know, can we skip some chapters? No, because this is my memory. I read this book. I've recommended it to so many people. okay. And then I forget really what's in it. <laughs> I just know it was good. Isn't this the story of our life? Yep. Yeah. We were just together on the weekend talking about this whole freedom session process that we had gone through. Mm-hmm. And the group, we're all looking at each other blankly. Yeah, because we were looking we can't... for a particular thing <laughs> that somebody wanted to make a point about. And in the freedom session series, there are three books which, what, took like 16 weeks each? Yeah. And we, for the life of us, none of us could remember which book it was in, where it came from, and then it ended up not being even in that. Yeah, and then I suggested that we do a review session, and everybody <laughs> looked highly resistant. Yes. We don't want to go back there. No. Okay, so actually, that leads us into our whole... What a segue. Yeah, I know. Uh, so this, this is, is what we're doing. I'm going to read the title because okay. we're changing things up a little bit. Yeah. Dr. Cloud, don't, you know, have a conniption. Um, so chapter seven is, oh, sorry, chapter eight, never again neglect to do due diligence. Okay. What does that mean? Well, it just means that go into things like, you know, knowing what you're getting into. Well, we're calling this chapter eyes wide open. True. Because we, you know, put a lot of thought and creativity (laughs) into this title. And the thing, I think the main thing is. We go into situations where we feel like we know what we're getting into. Yep. We make impulsive decisions and we don't really reflect on it much. And then we end up having some consequences that maybe we didn't expect. Uh, and then we're able to rationalize it away. Yeah. And I mean, this is true of when sometimes we're making kind of a major life decision mm-hmm. about like, a new home or something or a new job. Yeah. And we tend to minimize some of the areas that we should poke around a bit, Mm -hmm. right? It could look really good on the outside, right? but the foundations or the history of the company or whatever are a little dicey. 
Well, we have a few principles that act here because yep. we've talked about this before. Like 100% of our decisions goes to the emotional part of our brain, number one. Yes. And then number two, we have a lot of biases. So we pay attention to what we choose to pay attention to. So whether it's a house or yep. a new partner or somebody that I am attracted to to be friends with, I'm going in with my emotions. Oh, And then yes. I'm interpreting with my filters. So how objective is that? It's not objective at all. I know. And then if I don't take time to really ponder and get feedback, then I can go plunging into some difficult, well, decisions that will lead to difficult consequences. Yeah. So um, during the pandemic, yeah. I had quite a few people reach out to me uh, because they were interested in getting a dog, right? Mm-hmm. And yes. um, the one thing I said to them very clearly, do not go see the puppies. Don't. Do your research first, <laughs> right? Yes. Do your research first because right. if you do your research first and you know what you're looking for and then you go see the puppies, at least you have something to have a standard about. Well, you and Because not, you're sorry. emotionally charged as soon as you see them. Well, that's what I mean. And so are they. I know. Like, don't go see puppies unless you expect to bring some home. Exactly. That's the way it works. True. So I think doing the due diligence. So he puts, he writes in here, which I really like, here's the principle. Because I have to admit, when I hear the word due diligence, my eyes cross and I'm like, that just sounds so businessy. Yeah. So analytical. And you know how analytical I'm not like this pros and cons things. But he says, I owe it to myself. Yes. And I'm obligated to myself to pay attention in the proper way through a certain necessary crucial time to carefully work out to find out what I think I'm getting is actually what I'm getting. You know, when he said that you owe it to yourself, I owe it to myself. Yeah. To make sure that I am getting what I think I'm getting. Right. That, like, take the selfish approach. Yeah. Yeah. Like... I'll say from my history, because Peter, my husband, he is much more analytical. He takes his time in making decisions. He weighs the pros and cons, all of which are amazing strengths. Yeah. But it goes against my style, which is jump first (laughs) and figure it out later. So in the past, I used to find it frustrating because I felt like he was always raining on a parade. But over the years, I've learned to appreciate that so that I might have a thought and an impulse. But if I don't check it with him, then likely I haven't thought through all the various implications of it. Well, I was walking somebody through a major decision that they have to make. Yeah. And um, they have two opportunities in mm-hmm. front of them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the pro-con list mm-hmm. uh, was actually a huge tool yeah. in order to do this because yeah. there are pros and cons. But what was happening was... One just looked better because of the monetary value. Yes. But when we kind of hashed it out, it was like a matter of maybe a couple hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a lot of money. Right. Right? Right. So it seems sometimes like that's the lure, like, oh, that's a better option just because more money in my pocket. Yeah. But in fact, it really wasn't that great a deal. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. We can just kind of focus on the one criteria and forget about all the others. And the other thing, too, is what we think we need at the time that we're about to make that decision can really color our judgment. So if I'm feeling lonely and I'm looking for a friend, it could color my judgment. So the very first person I meet 
who seems kind of nice, mm-hmm. I might jump whole hog and say, yeah, let's do this together. So I remember we were on a trip a while back and we met this lovely uh, young woman and she tells us that she had this was her first cruise and she was going on with a woman she had met at a club. Oh, that's like well, my so nightmare. It sounded like they were having a good time. We saw them and they were interacting, having a really great time. But by midway through the cruise, we saw her again on her own. Just, yeah, we had to split up. We had to go and ask for separate rooms. We couldn't handle it. Oh, boy. But her need to have yep. fun and to have friendship was so strong that it colored her judgment. Yeah. So how often do we do that? Oh, all the time. Right? All the time. And we're not going to give any examples of that because it's no, especially just too vulnerable. Especially matters of the heart, right? Yes. That's the tricky bit. That is so true. So I think this idea of due diligence is that you have some guardrails and a framework mm-hmm. and you can sort of pull the emotion out if you can and stick to the data. Right. Well, I would say that the emotions are still an important consideration because uh, when it comes to matters of being a heart-centered type, but it can't be the only thing. So like consider it from the emotional, logical, but also like, like even gut sense. Yeah. Right. Like if you look at it from that standpoint and you're being balanced and taking in data, and we've talked about this before, the centers of intelligence, Mm -hmm. according to the Enneagram, Every single center, our heart, our mind, and our gut has actual neurons that are taking in information. So why do we ignore part of it? Like, let, let's take in all of it. But yeah. we have to slow down yes. to be able to take in all of that. And I always find that oftentimes when people get into trouble, myself included, it's that there's a deadline. Yeah. Like there's this deadline looming. You know, this sale is only good for the next 48 hours oh, yes. or... Whatever, there's like you go to Costco and there's only so much of the product there on the shelf. So you know you have to buy it. Right. So it's an emotionally charged, you know you might miss the boat Mm -hmm. on whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And I always find that a time crunch is just a killer for decision making. Well, it's not even a real time crunch. No, it's It's, not. It's it's one that we perceive it, yes, because of an anxiety of missing out. Right. Or whatever it might be. Or if I don't choose this person. Yep. Maybe someone better is not going to come along. That's right. So I better get what I can. You know what I mean? Uh, right? Uh, no. But no, I know when you say it like that, it just sounds so common sense. But I in know. the moment... I know, I know. And, I'm not, and I'm, not, I'm not talking like I haven't made those kinds of decisions. I've made lots and lots of those kinds of decisions. And then afterwards, I'm like, what was I thinking? And it's true. I just didn't do due diligence. And yeah. I have such an ability to rationalize things to myself. So the thing that he says I think is really important is the due diligence. Sometimes it's true. You can't give a lot of time to the decision. Right. Um, And other times you can. But he says there's two things that you want to look at to determine how much time you have to give the due diligence. Mm -hmm. One is how good are we at seeing? As in how discerning, how objective, how wise, how are we at noticing things? And some of us are better than other people. Like, I'm really good at noticing things about people and relationships. I'm not so good about noticing things that are shiny and pretty. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, Peter is much more practical than I am from that standpoint. So that's one. And then the other thing is how visible is the reality. So sometimes it takes digging. Yes, it does. To see what's really going on. You know, I'll give an example. Um, One thing I often help companies do is selection process. Mm -hmm. And uh, I put people through the ringer, like 
multiple steps because there's just so much that you can develop, um, can um, learn about the person that on the first meeting you can't tell because there are some people who interview yeah. really well. Oh yes, and other people who don't. And you could go for the person who interviews well, but actually the person who doesn't interview well could end up be that hidden gem. That's right. So I put them through a process. Well, what I started to realize is often the companies would come to me and go, okay, we've got a candidate. Can you do this psychological evaluation, interview, all that stuff with this yeah. person? And I started to say to them, I will not do that unless you send me at least two or three candidates. Right. Because what happens is I will give you very accurate feedback on the person's strengths and weaknesses. But what happens is that the, they want that candidate so badly, they dismiss the weaknesses mm-hmm. and they just kind of, ah, it's fine. Or we can work with them. Or we or can work with them. Their strengths kind of cover up for their weaknesses. That's right. But then you put them on a team. That's right. And it all goes to pot. Yeah, because they're already invested in this client. Yep. And they've done all the HR stuff that they think they need to do. That's right. And that, in that situation, it's usually because there is a void that's left. Right. That they need to feel feel very quickly. Yes. And they're just not taking enough time. Mm -hmm. And this blindness to the information that you're providing, it's going to come out in the wash anyway. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's very difficult. And that's why I, from now on, I'm not doing that anymore because yeah. they won't listen to me. No. So what's right? the point? Yeah. And you know, it's true. Like I find, um, it's really hard to ask for input, especially when mm. you want to move forward on a decision and yeah. your heart is set on it. It's so true. And, but that is, I mean, you know, it's, it must bug you that Peter <laughs> can squash your dreams oh sometimes. But, but at the same time, we need people like that in our lives to go, hang on, let's I slow know. this process down. And can I poke away at it a little bit with you? Yeah, exactly. Right? And I've learned to value it. But the strategy is I have the idea, I throw it on the table, and then I run away. Because I can't <laughs> handle that at the beginning. Yeah. And then after it has time to settle. So I'm at least wise enough to let things settle and I don't have to make a decision right Right. away. So then I go back after the emotions have calmed down a little bit and he's got his questions ready for me. And he's he's learned to be more sensitive in how he questions it because he has body language. He's kind of like, why would you do that? (laughs) I've seen that. (laughs) So it's not helpful. So he's just more like, well, tell me more about, and he just asks in an easier way for me to hear. And before you know it, I'm like, you're right. It's a stupid idea. Yeah. You know, or there's another option that I should be looking at. I hadn't even considered. Right. So I value that so very, very much now. So I think one of the things we can ask ourselves as individuals is who is that person that speaks into our life? that we trust their opinion, we value it, mm-hmm. we know that they're for us. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not just poo-pooing on our parade. Mm-hmm. And who is that person that we can ask? Well, I would even expand it to say persons. Yes, of course. if I'm asking Peter about something that affects him personally, mm-hmm. say it's a financial decision, yeah. then he's not going to be as objective as you would be because right. it's not your money that's on the table. Right. Right. So you ask me really good questions. So I find it's helpful to have input from other people. But at the end of the day, I also need to look at things myself and be discerning. Like, do I really want this? Why do I want that? What yeah. values are aligned with this decision or not aligned with it? Yeah. And listening to my gut a little bit more, um, because often the answer kind of lies within if I give myself space to think it through. And I've asked the questions of people that I trust. 
Yeah, and I think that that brings up a good point because I'm a gut-centered person. Mm-hmm. So I I have gut reactions to things. They're not always accurate, obviously. And you're a heart-centered person. Right. So we're going to come at decisions kind of differently. Yeah. And then you get somebody like a Peter mm-hmm. who's in the thinking part. Mm-hmm. He's very thought-centered. Yeah. And so, you know, between the three of us, we can sort each other out. I think so. You're right. (laughs) That that makes sense. That really works. You know, so I think the thing is, so um, Henry Cloud talks about using the ready, aim, fire. I love this. Process, which is so good. It just helps you kind of remember the Mm -hmm. steps of how do you slow things down and really kind of go in with your eyes wide open. So before before you start that, though, um, I think it's good to ask do I ready, aim, fire, or do I ready, 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 oh. aim, ready, 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 aim? Like, there's some people that ready, 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 Yeah, and they never, ever get to the point. Paralysis And then analysis. there's other people that, yeah. like, aim, fire, oh, I should have done some research, right? <laughs> right? And so, then there's some people that fire. Yeah. And they have no aim and they have no ready. Yes. So it's a good thing to ask that yourself. That is a really good... So what would, about, what would you say you are in general? Um, because my gut, it can be a lot of um, aim, aim, aim. Hmm. To make sure I'm hitting the mark. Right. Right? Right. And I need to balance it with ready and then pulling the trigger. Right. Yeah. I'm I can get stuck in the aim part. Yeah. I'm definitely more of a fire person. <laughs> yeah. I, I I get to the place of readiness pretty quickly. But this is what you say to me all the time. Why do I do this to myself? I know. I know. You say that to me every all day, the I time. think. I know. This morning you, <laughs> you go, are you okay? She's looking at me because my eyes are like a little, I've been a little busy. And then you said to me, you do this to yourself. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing a lot of firing without ready. So before we dig in, just ask yourself that question. That's a really good In question. the ready, aim, fire, Yeah. where do I prolong things? Mm-hmm. Where do I stay too short a time? And maybe where do I get stuck? The other thing I would say is it depends on the decision. Of course it does. It seems yeah. like the more I have invested in it, the more cautious I can be mm-hmm. to the point where I can be paralyzed because I right. want to make the perfect decision or there's a lot that's invested in it. So I think that it depends on the situation. So sometimes I'm just like ready, 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 ready. And I can't right. pull the trigger because I'm afraid of the consequences. I would like, <laughs> this is what I'd like, mm-hmm. that whatever decisions I make, I never have any negative consequences. Of well, it. that's not going to happen. So <laughs> sorry, girl. <laughs> so that's why sometimes I can get stuck and ready. Yes. If it's something I really, really want and when I reflect back on my life, sometimes that's where I can get paralyzed. Right. And then there's other things where I don't have as much invested in it, and I can be a little slightly impulsive. Yeah. And so there's another good question. Yeah. Where Where are the realms yes. of thinking and desires where we kind of bypass the system? Right. And so ready is to be ready to make a good decision means we know ourselves and our vulnerabilities. Yes. So... I know that in certain areas, I'm going to be more vulnerable to making quick decisions. As a people pleaser, my vulnerability Mm -hmm. is saying yes far too quickly. And so I've got these checks and balances in place, including learning how to say no or let me think about it 
looking at my calendar with Peter because he <laughs> he goes, you have all these things back. Just because there's a space doesn't mean you should fill it. No. Well, what yeah, you do? I do. So I have to know my vulnerability around that. Now, I'm much better in making decisions that are more like the, the business type mm-hmm. of decision. I'm not nearly as impulsive in there because it affects a whole range of people. Yes. I don't want to make a decision that's going to harm people in my realm that I'm working with. So it's interesting that the people pleasing part of you right. will overburden yourself with the good opportunities yeah. to not say no to somebody, but the people forward part of you yeah. will be protective yeah. of people yeah. when it comes to potential harm. Oh, absolutely. So it's this flippy floppy. It's this flippy floppy, but it's always about the people. <laughs> no, so it's it good is. and bad, right? Yeah. So uh, what would about yourself? So you know yourself and what would be your vulnerabilities where you might do the ready piece? Um, the vulnerabilities for me are around um, being manipulated, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I, I cannot go shopping when there's like big sales on <laughs> because I feel like I'm being played. Right. And then maybe I need the thing. Right. But, like, I feel like I'm not buying it because I feel I'm being manipulated. So even if you wanted it and you needed it, you're going to say no to it just yes. because you feel manipulated. Yes. Well, that's good to know about yourself. So that's one thing. The other thing is, um, in the area of vulnerabilities, I may not be as ready for relationships or... Um, um, like opening up. Yeah, opening up. Yeah. Uh, then, because my ready is going, no, 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 yeah. no. Right. Like alarm bells are going off or something. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. No, that's good. That's uh, insightful. And then aim means that we know we have our goal and desire clearly in sight. Yeah. And that's an interesting one because you said you can aim sometimes at too many different places. So it sounds like you might not know what your actual desire is. And maybe you're responding or reacting to what you see are the needs out there or the battles that have to be fought or whatever it might be. So it's externally driven versus internally driven based on what your goals are. And it's always about others. Oh, totally. That's a problem. So the other week, um, a dog went missing in our neighborhood. Yeah. And a person had tried to get it off the road. It It was running back and forth across a very busy road. I spent my entire day looking for that dog. Yeah. Like... Just because I was worried about it, and mm-hmm. I like I was worried that it, it had gotten hit by a car mm-hmm. and it was limping, so I was worried that you know it was going to just yeah injure itself even further. So that was an aim. Like right. I put everything else away. Yeah, and you know we did find the dog eventually, but I spent the whole day looking for that dog. Mm-hmm. So it's always about for me. It's about that advocacy, the vulnerable, somebody's in trouble. Mm -hmm. And so I can see how I can push other things that are important to side in order to zone in. And sometimes it's it's not always up to me. No. Yeah. It's, it's, it's how our strengths can then lead us to aim at the wrong thing. Yeah. And for me too, I, if I'm not really thinking about what I want or what my personal goals are, I have a tendency to like just react to what's happening outside. That's right. Or I will go towards wherever there's the biggest pressure or wherever there's um, more demands placed on me. Right. Yeah. So the ready part, Yeah. you know, know yep. our vulnerabilities, know ourselves well, mm-hmm. and probably have some 
structures in place so that we know when we're ready, right? right? Yeah. And then the aim part is the same thing. Mm-hmm. To, you know, I don't want to delay the aim, but at the same time, I want to make sure I'm aiming at the right thing. At the right thing. And using my and energy wisely. Question. Yeah. And then the fire, um, you know, he does remind us that we can never be 100% certain. No. And we're going to have to take the risk. Yeah, you have to at some point trust trust yourself and trust the counsel that you've received. Right. That it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Or else nothing would ever happen. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a bit of a spectrum from impulsive <laughs> to overly cautious and yes. finding what it is. As, as long as you've done your due diligence, you've done, you've gathered as much information as you possibly can, because yep. there's just some things you, you, you can't access. You can't predict the future no. as much as I'd like to. We can't. And knowing ourselves well, knowing what our goals mm-hmm. are, uh, playing it out. What is our long-term, where do we see our lives going if we choose this, especially if they're big decisions. Yeah, exactly. So if I'm choosing to you know, a, a person's choosing a partner, it's like, play it out. Like what's their life going to be like right. with them? And then when you're ready, you just sometimes have to take the plunge. Yeah. Right? So again, that we owe it to ourselves to do this piece because the consequences of not going through the proper steps can be very detrimental to us. It can be. And then at the same token, if we don't go forward with it, that can also be exactly. detrimental. That can keep us stuck. It can mean that we don't make use of great opportunities. No. And also depends on what stage you are in your life. Yes, like it if does. you're at the stage of learning something new and you really can't have insight, you don't know what you don't know. That's right. You might have to give yourself permission to do, do some experimenting in small ways. I'm going to try this. I'm going to try that and see if I like this, yeah. see if I don't like that. And so that's the, like as much as you can gather the information to be able to do that. But the main thing is go in with your eyes wide open. Yeah. And going in with your eyes wide open doesn't mean that you don't make decisions that are sometimes hard decisions or decisions that you know going into it is going to be some pain associated with it. Um, I say this all the time in relationships. When I go in with my eyes wide open, I know the person's strengths and weaknesses. And I still choose to be in relationship with them. And I still choose to show them grace mm-hmm. um, within that, because otherwise we'll be waiting on around forever to find a perfect that's friend sure. or partner or business partner. So that's going in with your eyes wide open and counting yep. the costs and then yeah. being, saying, I'm willing to pay the cost for this. And the one thing that strikes me about this conversation too, is that this is a learned behavior, right? Right. Some of us are just impulsive yeah, and some of us are more cautious And so we can learn to think differently. We can learn to look at things from different angles. Yeah. And it is a learned behavior, Mm -hmm. Uh, especially people who who suffer from FOMO. Yeah. You know, um, we can slow them down and learn some behaviors that are very good for them. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's number one. But the other thing is like, why do I owe myself these three things? Mm -hmm. The ready, aim, fire. Mm -hmm. Right. Like looking back at the patterns in my life, mm-hmm. what repetitive patterns have got me into trouble where I've got stuck on one of these things. Right. Because if I can be honest with myself, then I can go, wow, I've been, I've been really slow to fire on some, some mm-hmm. critical things. Yeah. Or I've been, I haven't done my due diligence in the ready department mm-hmm. before I've aimed. Yeah. That could have saved me a lot of drama. That's right. And I think that's the homework is to really do the analysis around where you are with the ready aim fire yeah. 
know yourself well, know your goals well. I mean, that's a process right there. But I like what you said about going back and looking at your patterns because you're the consistent person in mm-hmm. the patterns. And instead of always blaming events or other people yep. or things outside of yourself, the, the thing that's so amazing about this is that you do have agency. And if you can recognize your part that you play in it. Yes. Mm-hmm. And stay tuned because we've got a yeah. doozy coming up about that. Yes, we do. <laughs> so thanks for tuning in. Again, why do we do this to ourselves? <laughs> but thank you for hanging in there with us because there's some other ones that are coming that are even more challenging. Yes. I might I might actually like just not talk and let Jillian do all the talking on some of those. <laughs> I'll just talk to the chair. Yeah, yeah. Talk to the chair. You, I might not be here in the next video, just so you know. Just so you know, because the next one is just, yeah. But it's worth it. So tune in. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Fully Lived Life podcast. We hope you found it encouraging and helpful. Be sure to follow or subscribe so that you never miss a new episode. And if you enjoyed our show, please help spread the word by sharing with your friends and family and posting on your social media. Thanks for listening and tune in to our next episode.